Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. As you know, I love bringing on brilliant human beings that are inspirational to me in some way. And my guest today, this episode, I think, is going to be slightly different. We typically bring on spiritual teachers, personal growth experts and authors, but my guest today is someone that has personally inspired me uh, as an entrepreneur. He is the author of Moonshots, Creating a World of, of Abundance. And uh, what inspires me is the way he thinks, his audacity, and his desire to take on the world's biggest challenges through innovation and have massive impact. He's a serial entrepreneur and philanthropist, the amazing Naveen Jain, the founder of Viome, uh, Moon Express, uh, Infospace and several other companies that I can't even remember at this moment. So Naveen, welcome to Soul Talk. Thanks for coming on. Brother, it is an absolute honor and a pleasure to be here. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Awesome. I've been looking forward to this for months now. So uh, I'm excited. So tell me, I have so many questions. I'd want to pick your brain. This is like, uh, this is one of those moments where if you could have dinner with someone, who would you pick? You'd be on, on, on the top of my list. And so... Personally, I have some questions, but I'd love to start off by finding out where did this entrepreneurial drive begin? You know, some people, they were born into it, their fathers and their grandparents, and they were born into this whole uh, preset framework of entrepreneurship, and they had the guidance and the teaching of their family and generations. I'm curious, what, 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 what started the drive? What started the inspiration? Kind of a bit, bit of your upbringing and childhood. Tell me. So, you know, first of all, this people have this idea of an entrepreneurship, which means starting a company. To me, that is not what entrepreneurship is about. Entrepreneurship is really simple. When you see a problem and mm. when you have, and it doesn't have to be your solution. When someone has a solution and you actually go out and do something about it, then you are an entrepreneur. So mm. entrepreneurs are basically a problem solvers. They don't talk about the problem. They don't talk about the solution. They simply go out and actually execute on the solution to solve the problem. So it, you know, so to me, that is the difference between a human being and an entrepreneur. <laughs> Every one of us can talk about why can't someone do this? There is a pothole on the road. Why can't someone go do that? Why can't someone fix the politics? Why can't someone do that? That's the problem person who always identifies the problem. That's a human being. Then there are innovators out there. Oh, we can do this to solve this problem. We can do this to solve this problem. We can do this to solve that problem. And they are great visionaries and uh, they're visionaries and innovators, but they are not entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs who simply say, I am sick and tired of everyone talking about a problem. I'm going to go out 
and build a damn car company to solve this problem. I'm going to go out and go to the moon to solve this problem. I'm going to go out and go out and fix this problem. And that's all it is, is go, someone who goes out and actually cares enough about solving that problem is an entrepreneur. So that means anyone can be an entrepreneur, literally, right. based on that definition. It's not like something Absolutely. you're born into with the special yep. gift from the heavens. And, yep. mm, mm. and many so, of us are entrepreneurs in our personal way. You know, we see a problem at home and we are first one to go out and fix it. it. You're an entrepreneur. Got it. So as a kid, for instance, did you have yep. a bug? Did you have some sense that this is what you wanted to do? Was there oh. some like, what led to your entrepreneurial journey in terms of starting a business and, yeah. and, and what, what was the impetus for that? And I think, you know, it's really, you know, there's a movement that we call pivotal moment where everything changes. I think that's really the case. Okay. It is everyone talks about it is the last straw that breaks the camel's back. And you and I both know it's not the last straw. It is all the other straws that have been put on the poor camel's back, right? So it is literally a constant continuation of your changing as a human being. And one day, suddenly you become an entrepreneur. So it is every interaction you have with someone. It changes who you become. Mm. Every time you do something, you think differently, it changes who you become. And to me, and one day you simply go out and do something and people say, oh, you're an entrepreneur, what changed? And the answer was, well, the life has been changing for a long time. Uh, right. Not, it wasn't even like a special moment. It was just an evolution of exactly. moments. And that's uh, really what happens in our life is about the strings of experiences that we have in our life, right? Mm -hmm. And there is no better teacher than your own life. Life never stops teaching us. We stop listening. So if someone, let's say they're listening to this conversation and they yeah. desire to make an impact and they're looking at the world and like, Naveen, I want to make an impact. I want to inspire people. I want to change culture. Yeah. But maybe they weren't trained as like an engineer or a biologist on a specific skill necessarily, but there's this pure desire and they're not sure. And they say, I want to be an entrepreneur. They're not yeah. sure where to start or which industry most viable or what business would be most viable? Like, can you guide, let's say, the novice person who's just beginning with pure desire? Absolutely. So first of all, you never have to be an expert in the industry that you're trying to solve the problem in. In fact, mm. right now, as you know, I started a company called Viome. It's a healthcare company. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a healthcare. I have never been any one of those. But guess what? That is what makes me the most dangerous person in this industry. Oh, because wow. I am no longer bound by the limitations that experts have taken it for granted. Can I just when, ask real, real, real quick before you continue? So yeah. what, what, what inspired you? Like, for instance, what inspired you to go into an industry that like, you have no idea? You just woke up one day and said, healthcare. Or was yeah. there something that led into that? And then, then so please continue. I'm, yeah, so I'm going to answer that question. But I just wanted to give you an idea that this is my seventh venture. And no two ventures have ever been in the same industry. Because my personal belief is the minute you become good at something, you become useless in that industry. And the reason is, once you are an expert in any field, the best you can be is to 10% better than anybody in the world. But you'll never be 10 times better than anybody. Right? The, to be 10 times better, you have to be a non-expert who's challenging the foundation of what any, every expert has taken it for granted. Right. And wow. that's it. That's where you get massive disruption. Notice Airbnb 
disrupted the hotel industry. It wasn't the somebody in the hotel industry disrupted. Taxi industry wasn't disrupted by somebody in the taxi industry. It was Uber. Right. The automotive industry was disrupted by somebody coming in from outside the industry, starting Tesla, not somebody in the automotive industry doing it, right? You look mm-hmm. at the aerospace industry. It wasn't done by somebody, Boeing or McDonald's. It was somebody coming from internet and saying, let's build rockets, right? Mm. I mean, point is, it is always the people from outside the industry who completely change the way people think about things. Now, to answer your question, why healthcare? This is something every one of the ones listening to it take it to heart. You have to find something that you're truly obsessed about. Don't worry about, is Mm. this industry the right industry? This is the right place, the market. Ask yourself. Hmm. I'm going to tell you how you go about doing it. But first thing you have to know is, do you care enough? Are you willing to die for solving this problem? Wow. Once Hmm. you're willing to die for something, you can live for it, right? Hmm. Ask yourself, when you wake up in the morning and you don't jump out of the bed, whatever you're doing is not worth doing. You are actually bored to death because you don't jump out of the bed. The minute you find your calling, the minute Mm -hmm. you find your purpose, there's no way you will be lying in the bed. You'll be jumping out of the bed wanting to do something. Mm -hmm. It's not about passion. Passion is for losers. (laughs) Passion is for hobbies. Mm -hmm. The true entrepreneurs have obsession. Obsession Mm -hmm. means they go to sleep thinking about it, solving the problem. They wake up in the morning wanting to solve the problem. And once you get that, then you have something that you actually truly care about. Now comes down the next part, which is what should I, now this is the area that I'm truly passionate about, truly Mm -hmm. obsessed about. Now what do I do? Then you ask yourself three questions. Mm -hmm. Why this? Why now? Why me? Mm -hmm. Why this is very simple. You ask yourself, God forbid, I am actually successful in solving the problem that's set out to do. Would it help a billion people live a better life? Why do you do that? It's not because it's a philanthropic thing to do. You do that because you know if you can build any product or a service that helps a billion people live a better life, you can create a $100 billion, $500 billion company. Mm-hmm. But you don't wake up in the morning saying, hey, I want to create a $100 billion company. What should I do? That mm-hmm. is not what you do. You simply focus on saying, what can I do to improve the people's lives? And if you do that, you can create a great enterprise. So making money is a byproduct of doing things that improve people's lives. That's number one. Number two is you don't say this problem cannot be solved. You ask yourself, what has to happen? What technologies have to be done? What is it that needs to be done for this problem to be solved? So you're simply breaking it down into the pieces. So say, I want to go live on Venus. You don't say, holy shit, how are you going to do that? You simply say, all right, I want to go live on the Venus. What has to happen? Well, we have to be able to leave the Earth orbit, the gravity of the Earth, and we have to be able to leave. Great. Mm. That's one problem. Second problem, we have to be able to go from all the way from Earth orbit after we leave gravity all the way to the Venus. Okay, got it. Then you have to be land on the Venus. Okay, got that. Then you have to be able to now live there 
Hmm. And then people will say, right? so now you have broken down and into the pieces of what problems need to be solved. And then you say, what problems have already been solved and what is still lacking to be done that I need to solve to solve this complete end-to-end problem. So in this case, you will say, mm. you know what? We already know how to leave the earth gravity. We call them rockets. We know how to do that. Sure, we can go buy one, we can build one, but that we know how to do. Well, going from earth all the way to Venus, well, we have been to Mars. Is there some difference here that needs to be solved or the same technology can take us to, you know, from Mars to Venus? And the answer is yes, that problem is being solved. If not, you say, all right, to go to Mars was easy, but here is extra thing that we have to go to be able to build to go to Venus, right? Then you say, well, how do you land? I said, we landed on Mars. We tried the, you know, going the, you know, basically let the beach ball jump. We tried the crane. We tried the parachute. Is any of the things can work on Venus? If not, what needs to be changed for it to work on Venus, right? So now you can see the problem that looked almost impossible. And you say, oh, there is small modification here, small modification there, but nothing here that said it can't be done. And that, so now you can see how suddenly the things that looked impossible and you start to say, oh, it's marginally possible because all we have to do is solve these problems. The last part is the most important part, which is why me? Why me means what questions am I asking which are different from what anyone, uh, everyone else in the industry is asking? Because the questions you ask is the problem you solve. Now, I'm going to give you two examples, one from the continuing living on the Venus, and then I'm going to come back to the healthcare. Now, somebody, when you say, okay, now I have landed on the Venus, I am now living there, the first question they ask is, how are you going to grow the food on the Venus? Right? And you say, oh, if you ask that question, the only solution is to find a way to grow the food on Venus, right? That's the only solution. What if you change the question and ask, Why do we eat food? Just simply changing the question to say, why do humans need food? And you said, oh, reason you need food is because you need energy and you need food because you need nutrition. Good. What are the different ways you can get energy? Well, plants get energy from photosynthesis. Bacteria who live in radioactive nuclear waste get energy from radiation. Can we take the genetic material from bacteria, modify ourselves, and then we don't have to worry about it. Honey, do you want to go out and get some radiation? That's my <laughs> energy. Right? My point is simply asking mm. a slightly different question. Now you have 10 different ways of solving the problem that were, would have been simply not possible if you didn't ask the right question. Wow. Right? wow. Now, that can be applied to, by the way, any industry. Mm. It doesn't matter. I gave you an example of going to Venus. Now, in the case of my current healthcare company, it's called Biome, we applied exactly the same principle. We said, look, there are every one of us, 7.4 billion of us are living on this planet. And Mm -hmm. every one of us are going to suffer through chronic diseases in our lifetime, whether it is depression, anxiety, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cancer, diabetes, obesity. Some chronic disease is going to happen in our lifetime, including aging, because Mm -hmm. aging is just a chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to suffer through it. What if we can find a way to prevent these chronic diseases from happening, to be able to reverse from them happening? And that was the only thing I said. Six and a half years ago, I said, what if 
we can solve the problem of people not becoming having chronic diseases. I mm. can't stop you from catching flu, but it is you don't catch diabetes. It's not like Coot. You and I go out for a drink. Right. I say, you know what, honey, I was <laughs> out with Coot last night. I think I might have caught diabetes. Right. You don't catch diabetes. You don't catch heart disease. You develop them over a long period of time. That means you can find. What is changing when you have an onset of a disease? What's changing when you have progression of a disease? And you can prevent it and reverse it. That was my mission. So that was my why this. Would it help a billion people live a better life? Answer is 7.4 billion 7. people. Point. Check mark. Exactly. Yeah. Next thing was, what problems have to be solved for this to happen? And we said, okay, break it down. First thing is, I have to be able to digitize your human body to understand what is going on inside your body. Got it? Second, we have to be able to process this massive amount of data that we get from the digitization of the body. Got it? Then third is, you have to be able to use artificial intelligence to be able to understand why some people are developing a disease, others are not. We say, okay, number one part, what is it digitizing the human body? We know how to do the genetic, genetic sequencing. We know how to get the, understand what these human body is doing. We have the cloud computing. We know how to process massive amount of data. AI is becoming more and more powerful and it is going to get there in the next three to five years. We'll be able to have massively powerful AI that can solve this problem. Great. I think we can start this company. The last part was most interesting. Why me? What, am I, what question am I asking that's different from what everyone else? And that is where not being a scientist was the biggest advantage. Every expert told us, mm. you have to look at people's DNA and understand their genes to understand why people have certain diseases. I am not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But I do remember my high school biology. And I asked myself, my DNA never changes when I have a chronic disease. So you do my DNA test today, and mm. then I gain 400 pounds. My DNA hasn't changed. Now I become diabetes. My DNA hasn't changed. Now I have heart attack. My DNA hasn't changed. And then I die. And 10 years after I die, you do my DNA test. It's still the same. You can look at the DNA of a dinosaur from 65 million years ago. Wow. <laughs> so if DNA can't even tell you you're dead or alive, how will it ever tell you you're healthy or sick? So mm. that is not the right question to be asking. Right question is, what is changing when you develop a disease? And I remember... DNA makes RNA, RNA makes protein. And I'm thinking, holy cow, If what if we can measure RNA or your gene expression, not your gene, but your gene expression is the key to understanding this problem. And then I say, great, we're gonna focus on measuring the gene expression. And then people say, you know, no one has ever done that. And I say, I'm not asking how to do that. If I could do that, would that solve the problem? And the answer was, yeah, kind of. I thought I solved the world hunger problem. What do you mean, kind of? <laughs> well, you're missing one more thing. What is that now? Well, human body is not just simple your genes that you get from mom and dad. There are 100 trillion microbiome in your gut, in your mouth, all over us. I'm like, holy cow, what are this microbiome thing? Mm. Don't understand that. Then in my mind, I start thinking, all right. So these microbiome are like light, little human beings in my body. I get that. They're doing something in my body. Are these are really important? So I start Googling diabetes and microbiome. Wow. Holy cow. Yes. 
depression and microbiome. Yes, micro, gut microbiome connected to depression, cancer and microbiome. Every single cancer patient has microbiome that's inside the tumor. Holy cow. I'm looking at every disease, Alzheimer and microbiome, Parkinson's and microbiome. It says my, Parkinson's starts in the gut 15 years before you get the first symptom. Wow. I'm thinking this is important. And then it occurred to me if everyone believes the same thing and there are 10 companies doing microbiome testing, why is this problem not solved? You must be a moron. There has mm-hmm. to be something I'm missing. Go back to my first principle. What questions are these microbiome companies asking? And it turns out every microbiome company to date is asking the same wrong question. Mm-hmm. They are asking to find out what organisms are in Coot's gut, what organisms are in Naveen's gut. And they're trying to figure out if they can find out what organisms are there, they can find the problem. In my mind, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. That's not how it could work. Because just like the human being, you take a same person, put them in a good environment, good behavior, put them in the bad environment, bad behavior. What if the same organism Mm -hmm. in a toxic environment is making toxic things, in a good environment making good things? So what we need to focus on is what they are producing, not who they are. Punish the sin, not the sinner. <laughs> right? mm. And I'm thinking, all right, that is the problem we are going to solve. And that is literally what became wild. So wow. I asked a different question and then it became really easy. My job was to find out how the hell to do it. Mm. And it turns out, uh, I went around all the national labs looking for this technology. And at Los Alamos National Lab, they were working on a biodefense project to find out exactly the same thing. And I managed to get an exclusive license, got the technology, it started wild. And wow. here's what happens now, brother. You do a test, we now tell you, we analyze your gene expression in your human host, we analyze what your microbes are doing, and then we say, all right, this is your biological age, this is your immune health, this is your mitochondrial health. This is, by the way, your oral health. This is your uh, health of your heart. This is health of your brain. And then we just don't say, and good luck. No, no, no. <laughs> goodbye. And goodbye. We say, oh, based on what I'm seeing happening in your body, mm-hmm. you should not eat broccoli because your sulfide production is too high right now. So even wow. though everyone tells you broccoli is healthy for you, it is not good for you right now. By the way, even though Popeye told you spinach is good for you, Popeye was not a scientist. I am looking at your oxalic acid metabolism is not good. And if you eat spinach, you're going to get kidney stones. So don't do that. Mm, mm. We're seeing a lot of ammonia that you're producing that's coming for fermenting the protein. You're eating too much protein. Take a digestive enzyme with your protein or cut it down. Mm. And by the way, don't take vitamin B3 because you have uric acid production is too high. Don't take turmeric because everyone tells you turmeric is good for you. Your bile acid is too high right now. Don't take turmeric. Wow. And But you do need 22 milligram of elderberry every day. You need 27 milligram of berberine. You need 80 milligram of amylase. Mm. And we literally tell you every vitamin, mineral, herbs, digestive enzyme, amino acid, probiotic, prebiotic that you need. And then we go a step further. We say, hey, Based on all these things, do you want me to make capsules for you that are custom made, made to order? And we literally wow. have a, you know, a right robotic, robotic compounding pharmacy, no pre-made stuff. 
It says go to bin number 23, take 23 milligram of elderberry. Go to bin 27, get 11 milligram of this. Put them in a powder, put them in a capsule, put a name coot and tell them, here it is. Brilliant. What, and what's amazing is you, like, you weren't a doctor or a biologist or you weren't an expert in this field. That's what I want people to really hear. You, you ask the right questions. So yes. two questions for you is yeah. really inspiring. It, then I want to go to the moon stuff yeah. for a second. Yeah. Is yeah. Two things. How does someone know what the right questions are? Because sometimes we don't, we don't know what questions to ask and we don't know what we know. So let me yeah. ask, start there. Then I have a yeah. question about money. <clears throat> So this really interesting. Remember, I was not, I am not an aeronautics guy. I am not, is simply thinking about the problem differently. So when someone says how to grow the food, the first question you ask is, remember when you're two year old, what do you say? Why? 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 (laughs) And remember you become the, when you are naive and you're new to the industry, you think like a two year old. Every time, I don't know if you have any kid or not, you say something to them, Dad, I want to do this. And you say, no, why? <laughs> why? Until they get the answer, you're trying to get to the root cause of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. how when you say, <clears throat> when mm-hmm. someone says, well, how are you going to the food? Why the hell do we need food? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an audacious question. I mean, that's a real question right there. Yeah. Why do we need food? Yeah. That, 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 I think, questions the entire assumptions of, of everything yeah. that we know, yeah. And okay, that's great. literally what happens is every time some, someone says, you should measure someone's DNA. Why DNA? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, now, the other question was about money. Like some, let's say yeah. someone listening in and, and says, okay, but I have these amazing ideas yeah. and, and a big visions, but I have no money. And you have money, so okay, you went into an industry, but you no, could no. go to the lab and you could, you know, hire the, the, the license that product, but I got these great ideas and I'm meditating on them and I got no money. So what do I do now? I don't have resources. Well, it's very interesting you say that because that is literally happens to every entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing is, it is much more difficult to solve a small problem than to solve this gigantic audacious problem and tell you why they are easy. And I'll give you an example of how I did it, right? So when you have something simple to do, I want to build an app that will help me find a roommate. And you tell someone, hey, I'm going to build an app to find a roommate. They say, great idea. Have fun. Go enjoy. They don't say, holy cow, I want to come and join you. (laughs) (laughs) When you tell someone, I'm going to make it less optional. That's literally, I mean, this is what it says. Imagine living in a world where illness is optional. That's bold. Bold. I went to the lab. I have no money. I'm simply there to convince them to give me the technology. And I want to hire the guy who worked on it. He has a federal job. I go to him and say, imagine one day your grandmother is not going to be sick. Imagine your children that you have young are never going to develop diabetes or obesity. They're never going to be sick. Wow. Are you willing to quit your job and come and join me to help solve the problem? And together we can do that. He said, but you don't have anybody running AI. I called the head of IBM Watson. He said, I'm making a million dollars a year. How much are you going to pay me? And I said, I don't have the money. Hmm. I can probably come up with $100,000. Would you come and join me? He said, 
if this problem is that big as all, I want to create my legacy and I will join. All I did is now got a commitment from these two people to join me. I haven't gotten money yet. Mm-hmm. I guess what? I announced that I have the technology and the person who developed the technology. I have the head of Watson working to solve this problem. Every single venture capitalist said, what are you trying to do? Why are all these brilliant people want to join you? Mm-hmm. I want to invest in you. Mm-hmm. And they literally give you money because now you have the people, you have the technology, and you have this audacious idea. Mm, right? It is so much easier to everyone throws money at you when you have a team of great team. All you have to do is convince them that what you're trying to do is their legacy. Beautiful. What you're trying to do is their legacy. How do you develop? I'm curious. <clears throat> it's more of a mindset. Yeah. I want to get into your brain. How do you... Where did this audacity, this, 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 I don't know, you know, to say make illness optional. Now, a lot of people would feel a little timid saying, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. The self-doubt. So do you have self-doubt? Where do you, where do you develop this, comf- this, this certain certainty and this confidence? And how can you guide someone to overcome self-doubt and fear? Yeah. So first of all, every one of us, sooner or later is going to have a self-doubt because which Mm -hmm. is what our mind is designed to do, right? Uh, We as human beings evolved to live in the fear because when we were growing up in the savannas of Africa, if you missed the negative news, we died. If you missed the positive news, nothing bad, (laughs) nothing happened. Mm -hmm. So we're designed to look for all the things that can go wrong because that's how our survival depends on. So you're always going to have a self-doubt. Am I going to, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to lose everything I have, right? And then you go back to always the basic called principle, the principle one, which is, is this a solvable problem? And the answer is, Mm. this problem is very solvable because we understand, remember we went through what has to happen for this to be possible. And we go through and say, you know, we know how to leave our orbit. We know how to go to Mars. We know how to land on the Mars. This is just a tiny bit, little bit more. We know how to build this. We can do this. So it's not, it is, I'm going out and doing something right. that is not possible. Mm-hmm. Now, it's simply a matter of finding the right team and the money to be able to do that. And that's what gives you the confidence that this can be possible, right? The other thing is, when you are a two-year-old, notice they have no fear. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because they don't know all the hurdles mm-hmm. you're going to come along. You don't even know somebody who is an expert. You can say, holy God, this guy is absolutely guaranteed to fail. He doesn't even know this. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know this. And they have all the different doubts in their mind because they can see everything. And you're coming in. It's like, holy shit, this is easy. <laughs> this guy's a damn body. You put them in a the cloud. You analyze. You run the AI. Sure, we got it. <laughs> Got it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So moon. So 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 the moon. Just, yeah. just let me let me ask you a bit about the moon. Yeah. Um, how the hell did that happen? Like here you are, you're yeah. doing your thing. The moon. Come on, Naveen. This is this is crazy. That's crazy. And by the way, until someone tells you what you're trying to do is crazy, you're not thinking big enough, right? And that mm-hmm. is the you know. So when you tell someone what you're going to be doing, and they don't say. That's, that's totally crazy. <laughs> then you're not thinking big enough. When someone says, that is totally badass crazy, and you say, got it, that's what I want to solve, right? So, 
So that's the badge of our honor, right? So like, did you just wake up one day or like what happened? So what happens is if you look at history of um, our own planet and humanity, before we came along, this planet was full of big mammals. We used to call them dinosaurs, mm. right? What happened to all the dinosaurs? One day an asteroid hit our planet and the whole species got wiped out. So when you and I wake up and we say, oh, I'm really worried about our planet. You know what the planet tells you back? Don't worry about me. Worry about the human species. <laughs> that it's means true. I, I'm going to be just fine after you put all the carbon dioxide, everything in the air. I'm going to be around. The human species may not be around. So right. find yourself a new home. Don't worry about me. Mm. And guess what happened? After the, all dinosaurs died, planet survived, planet thrived, planet created human beings. Right, right. right? When we die, they may be superhumans the planet will create again, mm. right? So my point was, so one day I thought, oh my God, our whole species, 7.4 billion of us can one day get wiped out unless we find and distribute our home into multiple places. We need to learn to live away from the planet Earth to go to the moon. Mm. And that is a stepping stone because it's close enough. And then we can go to the Mars. Mars is six months away. Wow. You don't want to get stuck there. So if you're going to get stuck, it's better to be lunatics than a Martian. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and once you develop the technology that allows you to live on the moon, then you can go to Mars and Venus. But that's not sufficient because they all is still in our solar system. One day, our sun is going to implode, like every sun does, every star implodes. We need to go beyond our solar system into a different solar system in our galaxy. What if our galaxy gets eaten by a black hole? Well, we need to go to a different galaxy. What, what if this, you know, outside our Milky Way, you want to go far beyond our Milky Way, so then we have more humans living farther away. What if our whole universe disappears? Well, there must be another universe we should be there. And idea is, now you take a first stepping stone to go to the moon, and then you go beyond so that you continue to have backup of human species. So someday when this planet gets hit by asteroid, mm -hmm. we can come back and repopulate the planet. <laughs> Got it. So that was the inspiration. This, yeah. These were some of the things you were thinking about. Yeah. Wow, amazing. So how do you, in your life now, how do you, yeah. how do you define success? What is success to you? Well, what does it yeah. mean to you? You know, in our if culture I, today, it's, you know, having, being the richest person, being the yeah. number one this, being the number one that. You've had success. You are successful. How do you define success? Very good question. This is the same conversation I had three of our children. So mm. our three of our children are great entrepreneurs. My daughter runs a, a company. She's 28 years old, and she runs a company called Abby, E-V-V-Y, so Abby.com. And her whole thing is about women's health. So anyone who is listening to it who is a woman should check out Abby. What she does is she looks at vaginal microbiome and I'm trying to understand what is causing women to have all these different issues, whether it is preterm birth, whether it is a UTI, whether it is a BV, all the different diseases that women suffer from. What is interesting about her was she said, Dad, until about two decades ago, women weren't even allowed to be in the research study. 
only men were allowed to be in the research study. So all drugs that are developed are only for men, not for women. They have never tested wow. a woman. Oh my gosh. Right? And my point is, she cared about solving the woman's problem. And she started a company called Abby. Before mm -hmm. that, she worked on another company using AI to remove the gender bias in hiring. This girl went to Stanford, Stanford yeah. STEM fellow, Stanford Mayfield fellow, and focusing on solving women's problems. So she started Abby. And that's EVVY, right? My oldest son focused on affordability. He said a lot of middle-class people are having such a difficult time coming up with a deposit when they rent an apartment. Mm -hmm. So you go there and they say, I can pay the rent of you know, $700, $800, but I don't have money to pay the first month, last month and deposit. And he said, that is such a bad idea. What if we can do a $5 a month insurance and insure the landlord and then everyone can move into the apartment and just pay $5 a month extra. And he started that company. And then he went a step further. He said, you know that, when they're paying this rent, they never ever make any money from it. What if we can give them a points that they can earn when they're paying rent and they can mm -hmm. use the points to go to the travel for airlines. They can use the point to pay the next month rent. And what if I can build a credit card that every landlord would want to give their renters wow. because now they can get paid on first of the month, they charge the credit card on the first of the month, they get the money, instead of waiting until seven. Mm. Rent, renter loves it, because once you put the money on a credit card, you have 21 days to pay your rent, so you don't have a rush to do that. And he built a company called Built, B-I-L-T. Right? You can go get a credit card, no fee, you put the rent on the card, and your landlord gets a full money, no interchange fee, no credit card fee, no nothing. You earn the point, and you can use the point to go United Airlines or American wow. Airlines or Lufthansa. <laughs> and you can, or you can use the point to pay the rent or you can use the point to buy a home. Oh, wow. Right. My point is, same concept, focusing on how to improve the lives of billion people. Mm. Right. Our youngest one also went to Stanford. He is Schwarzman scholar and he focused on dad. It is so difficult when people buy a house, their mortgage keeps getting sold all the time and they have to keep figuring out who to send the check to. Right. And he right. went and solved that problem. Always focusing on what is the problem that's improving mm -hmm. people's life and then going a business, building a business around it, right? Now, to answer your question, that is, we define success, not about how much money you have in the bank. So we say your success will never be measured by amount of money in the bank, it will be measured by how many lives you improve in your lifetime. Mm. Period, right? And the day you become humble is the day you become successful. Because if you still have iota of arrogance left in you, you're still trying to mm -hmm. prove something to yourself or someone else. People who are successful don't say, you know who I am. They never say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's beautiful about what you're saying is there's that element of, of true humility and service, really being of service to humanity. That's, that's powerful. By the way, that is doing good and doing well. The more good you do for the humanity, the better you do for yourself. Wow. wow. Last couple of questions, Naveen. This yeah. has been a powerful conversation. When you look at the world today, you look at the future, yeah. um, you've shared a few things, but like, is there anything that, that, that concerns you the most in terms of where you see us going <clears throat> and, and, and also simultaneously what excites you the most in terms of opportunities 
that you might lay out for people? So I think the biggest I see the pro- problem I see in this world is lack of curiosity. And if you ask mm-hmm. me if there's one problem, if I could sprinkle a magic fairy dust on this world and do one thing, will be to create intellectual curiosity amongst people. And the reason is once you become curious, you never can sit down because you're always saying, want to learn something new, wanting to solve that problem because you're curious, why can't it be done? Why can't we do it this way? It is our, you know, as a parent and as a teacher, today our whole education system is built on one simple thing that says, I take the children to the water and I make them drink. I, I feed, force feed them the skills. Mm-hmm. What if all you have to do is to make them thirsty? Or if you can make your children thirsty, what happens? They will find their own water and they will drink. How do you make them thirsty? Give them that intellectual curiosity that will all their life, they will be learning. Why not? Why can't it be done? What if we could do this? Right. And that curiosity is what allows them to constantly learn and move the humanity forward. Now, that is the biggest problem. The biggest opportunity we have is the same thing, which is if you can create intellectually curious humanity and great spirit of entrepreneurship, there is no problem that can't be solved. It is someone saying, I'm like, like you, 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 you really believe no problem. Like, like No problem cannot be solved. Whether okay. it is terrorism, whether it is hunger, everything, whether it is energy, whether it is poverty. I mean, imagine. People say we human beings are greedy. We always yes. want more of what we have. And I remind them that we as human beings are never greedy. We, in fact, if we believe something is abundant, we never fight over it. We only mm-hmm. fight over things that we believe are scarce. And here's an example. You and I and 50,000 of us could watch a soccer game and all of us can be in a stadium. And I never slapped the guy next to me and say, you, just bre- you were breathing my air. You took a deep breath that was my air. Why is that? Because we know air is in abundance. We can right. all have as much air as we want and we never tell the guys, hey, you're not paying for air. Why, why are you breathing? Because in abundance, it's democratized, it's demonetized, it's free. Now imagine, we fight over what? Land, we fight over water, and mm. we fight over energy, right? All the fights. Every 90 minutes, more solar energy falls on our planet Earth than we use in the whole year. Wow. Sim- simply a matter of conversion. One day, similar to, you know, the what was the rarest, metal on planet Earth 200 years ago. Hmm. Aluminium. Wow. It was so rare when Napoleon hosted a king of Siam. He fed all their generals on a gold plate, all their troops on a silver plate. And for the (laughs) king of Siam, he brought the aluminium plate and said, this is how rich we are. The top of the Washington Monument is made of aluminium. Wow. Right. It was so expensive, even though there was bauxite everywhere on the planet Earth. But extracting aluminum was very, very hard. So it was very expensive. And one day, we developed a technology called electrolysis. 
and then mm-hmm. we can now extract aluminium and we can throw it away it is so abundant right what is the electrolysis of solar energy that will make the energy so abundant so that it becomes free and once you have free energy you have free water you can desalinize you can take a dirtiest water and distill it and you have a pure clean water because you have free energy right suddenly you solve the energy problem you solve the water problem right the land we live on a tiny dot in our solar system <laughs> right and when you say the, you know there is a scarcity of land all you have to do is look up and say really <laughs> right. so my point is it is the mindset of the scarcity that is what is not solvable once you make the mindset to be abundance suddenly you realize all of these problems are solvable mm, powerful last question navin um if and you shared so much in this conversation i've taken so many so many notes here hopefully everyone is deeply inspired and the 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 perception of what's possible is expanding if yeah. you were to refl- reflect on your life personally business wise as a father yeah. um in all levels and yeah. you were to think about the three most important life lessons that you've learned in your life um that if you could only pass these three keys on to let's say your children and your yeah. grandchildren Yep. that would evolve their consciousness the most what would yep. the most oh. important life lessons be that you'd pass on good that's one of the best question i ever been asked that's a great question so let me start with that so one thing that i find most fascinating uh, you know that i taught our children was when something happens don't assign it a label of good or bad nice. because the minute you assign it a label it is bad your whole mindset changes that i am now sad and there's something bad happened because you don't know the event that just happened it's good or bad until a decade later you may say right, oh right. my god i'm so mm. glad that happened i don't know about you you when you're young you break up with some girl and you think the life has ended and you later realize oh Thank my god, god what is that <laughs> right and that's the point is that we instead of assigning it a label you simply say so that happened universe is my friend mm. that means whatever is happening is for my good because universe is not my enemy and that's all you have to say whatever is happening is good it is what it is it will be what will be universe is my friend and you're done right Beautiful. second thing that i always uh, uh, you know is to measure your life simply by a number of lives you are improving every single day that mm-hmm. means focus on how many people you can help and everything will come out of it every single thing will come out of the thing when you are helping people you will build the business out of it right the last thing really is that every single time when you do something do for selfless and with humility know that one day you will be on the other side of that chair right always know when you have power never ever abuse your power because one day there is going to be somebody more powerful and you'll be on the other side of the chair treat others as this as you want to be treated right and uh, and to some extent i would say lastly to me having done everything in my life that i never imagined i would do to date the biggest source of happiness i get every single day is watching our children 
wow. amazing entrepreneurs and focus on doing good for the world. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. Naveen, thank you so much for just your generosity and saying yes to the conversation and just pouring, just with so much energy and exuberance, pouring your wisdom and knowledge into the Soul Talk community. What's the best way people can connect with you and your work, find out about Viome? Can you give out some websites so people can connect? I'm going to sign up for Viome myself, by the way. I'm excited to see my, my, my real age, my biological age, and how to shift it. So uh, give us some, uh, some, some resources yeah, and links. Absolutely. So first of all, you can go to viome.com. That's V as in Victor, I-O-M-E.com. So V-I-O-M-E.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on any of the social media, Naveen Jain. And you can always message me. I reply to all my messages. So all I can say is, Coot, continue doing what you're doing. My hat's off to you for being so selfless. You could be doing anything in your life and you decided on a mission to bring the knowledge to the world. And everyone who is listening to it, remember, Kut could have done anything, but he focused his life on making your life better. So thank you very much. My hat's off to you. And I always salute people who actually do the work for everyone else in this world. So thank you. Thank you, brother. It's been a real pleasure. Folks, you heard it. The amazing Naveen Jain. Go to his website. Check out Viome. I'm going to be uh, signing up myself. Send me an email, kooplaxon at kooplaxon.com. I'd love to hear your key takeaways from today's episode. Share today's episode with everyone you feel would benefit. Until next week, love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at cooplaxon.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.